Thank you. You may be seated. Uh, children, you may head off to Junior Church or Camp Point Way. Feel like there's a distance between us here or something. I, you know, I did take a shower and that and all that good stuff, but what? And I have clean clothes thanks to my wife. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> reminded me. Yes, you guys know I need how much I need my wife, but it's all right. I can still hear you. I can still see you. And uh, uh, this morning, as we get back into Corinthians, yes, Brandon, we're we're in Corinthians still, so. Brandon's having a little hard time waking up this morning, so I was teasing him earlier, and he actually almost forgot what book we were in. I, I don't know how that happened, but no. But the book of Corinthians has been so timely in so many ways, and uh, I don't know if it's been timely for you, but certainly for me as a pastor, it's been really helpful in bringing the Word of God to life, but it seems to fit so well with what's going on around us. And you know, as I was thinking even this week that, you know, Corinth is, is centered um, in, a, in a tough place, right? It was a great place to have a church. It was a great place to do ministry, but the culture was tough. And then the overarching, I mean, the government was tough. They're under Roman rule, uh, certainly not Christian and certainly not for Christianity, and yet God chose to use them right there where they're at, and it's, it's hard not to see the parallels to where we are today. And so um, as we go through this, and again, we've been sticking with that theme of focus, right? With all that going around us, how we need to focus, and we've used the binoculars for that to kind of narrow our focus on what's most important, and not to get distracted by things that are around us, or, and even things from within, right? We looked at that church in Corinth. They had a lot of problems, Right? They were a problem church, and actually Ernie and I were even talking about this. Yes, I make that joke about Pointway not being as, as bad as the church in Corinth, but on the other hand, if that church hadn't been so bad and Paul hadn't written these letters, we wouldn't have a lot of the great teaching that we have on how to do church. Um, church is a complicated thing. It's not a, a simple gathering of people and just making it work. Right? It's different. We're going to see how different it can be today. But that being said, one of the things in the Church of Corinth was trying to keep it together, the unity. And the first third or even almost half of the book of Corinthians is about keeping the body together and not getting divided, not dividing over who's preaching, who gets baptized, sin issues, marriage, single. All those things were dividers, and they were fighting over them and causing fractions and, and splits. And Paul's saying, no, we need to correct this. We need to be unified in this. Focus on what's the most important things, right? Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection, right? The word, right? And, and how important is the word? The, the word is vitally important, right? And, and the study of that. We are blessed, we really are, to live where we do right now and, and the, to have the access to God's word. And if you have a phone, internet, you have it instantaneously. You have it on you all the time. And really, today, you're without excuse not having the Word. Now, whether you read it or not, that's up to you. And then, obviously, reading it, not just hearers of the words, but doers of the Word. I just started a, a new study with a group of pastors, and it's, it's a book that's been around for a while, and it's actually been revised a couple of times, but it's Nine Marks of a Healthy Church by Mark Denver. 
and uh, interesting, and it's written primarily for pastors, but Mark 1, the, the first check of a healthy church is the importance of God's Word and the preaching of God's Word. Like I said, it's for pastors, and so it's a reminder for us how important it is to preach out of God's Word, not just to be a storyteller, not just to tell a bunch of jokes or to entertain you, but to give you God's Word. And so I'm encouraged, at least as I start this book, that I know we do that on Sunday morning. And I know many of you place a, a great importance on God's Word. We studied Colossians yesterday. Ladies' studies, there's many things that we look at God's Word. And so that's where we're going to begin with in that study of the healthy church. There's some other things that we need to look at as well. And elders, that's a heads up for you that we may be doing this study pretty soon if it continues on looking like it does. So that being said, last time, I mean, last week was missions. The week before that, we got into this new section, right? I told you, 12, chapter 12, 13, and 14 is kind of set apart. It kind of zeroes in even more so on what was going on in the church in Corinth. And so it, it changes gears a little bit. It changes not from the unity, because that unity is still important. It's actually going to get into diversity. It's an interesting word, especially in our culture today. But diversity, Right? Diversity is a good thing if used correctly. And so that's the start of chapter 12. And again, we, we just dabbled into chapter 12 last time, talking about the different things, right? Not an exhaustive list, but some of the gifts that are given, right? And then midway through this chapter, where we're going to pick it up this morning, Paul's going to use a body, right? A body, a Head, you know, not my body, per se, although there's a lot of it. We could use that if you want to, but no, the church referred to as a body. Hands, feet, head, right? The church. All right. Anyone want to take a guess who's the head? Who's the head of the church? Yeah, yeah. All right. Whew. Good. If any of you had said Charlie, we were in big trouble. We, we were going to stop right now. We are in trouble. We're going to back this truck up and dump a lot off because we would be in trouble. Absolutely right. Christ is the head of the church, right? He's been the head from the beginning. He's the head now. Be the head continually. Now you say, well, yeah, you, most of you all got it right away. And you say, well, was that a rhetorical question? Because we all should know that. Believe it or not, there are churches that don't operate that way. They don't put Christ as the head of the church. And believe it or not, there's some pastors who think they're the head of the church. And again, that shows some of the misfortunes and some of the misguiding and how we get off track. So we're going to be talking about this body today, body of believers, all of us together. So verse 12, the body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all the parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ, right? There's different parts, right? God made us mostly with two hands, right? Not six hands. Not, you know, we're not, we don't have 12 of them. Or, and we have two of them. And we have two feet and two ears. And we have different parts. Can we agree that not all the parts do the same thing? Right? Remember, we're talking physical body, but then we're translating to church. So with that being said, do you think the church 
should have all hands, all feet. No. They need to have different parts. And so that's why Paul's using this. And this, he uses this over and over again. This is in Ephesians, it's in Colossians, it's in other parts as well. The body as a reference, because it's visual for us, right? I need visuals sometimes, and, and I like visuals, and so the body fits with that. But there are different parts. They have different purposes. Let's dip, dig a little bit deeper. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jew or Greek, slaves or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. At the core of a church body needs to be Christ, the Holy Spirit. That's at the core. Because if not, we're just a social group getting together. Think about it for a minute, right? Some, many of you belong to other groups, but they, they hopefully, they're, they're different, right? They should look different. It's different than what we do here on Sunday morning. There's a connectedness right from the beginning that we have with believers and other believers. And yes, it applies not only here to Pointway, but you know there are other believers in other places. It's always amazing to me, like if I get on a plane and I'm sitting by someone and you kind of just pick up on it, right? Or you kind of just, something, you're connected with that person. And maybe you have a few words with them, and all of a sudden, you're deep long into a conversation about God, and it's gone beyond what you would just normally have on the street. And why? It's because the Holy Spirit connects you. Again, part of the bigger body, right? We had missionaries here last week, right? Great example, that missions conference last week of the body working together. But did you, I, and maybe you didn't, I hope you did, didn't you feel a connectedness to G&G &G and to Rick and Kristen? Didn't you feel that connection, even though they're not here every week, right? But brothers and sisters in Christ, you have that instant connection. Why? Because we all have that same spirit within us. We don't operate in the same circles. We don't live in the same communities. But the body is connected. Again, from God's perspective, he sees that throughout the world. There are many churches, there are many parts of the universal body that are meeting this morning. Some of ours are met. I know in Europe, there are seven, years, seven hours ahead. We, we always used to joke about that. They're, they're already looking for supper. So. But they've already met this morning. They've already worshipped. They've already done a lot of the same things. Hawaii, they're, they're waiting yet. They're still sleeping. They're holding on to their pillow. They're not there yet. But in God's view, they're connected. We're all worshiping God today. And we're connected. So there's the big church, and then there's the, the small church, our local church here at Pointway. And we're going to focus mainly on Pointway because we're here, and that's where we're called. And you're not here by accident this morning. God has a purpose for you, you're, and so you're part of this. God knew before the beginning of time that we would all be here today. And so you're part of this body for today. Verse 14. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. It would not be for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of 
smell be. But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the, whole, in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted it, them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. It's kind of a long section, and you kind of go back and forth, but what it really truly does is identify some of the problems that were going on, right? Take out the parts and put in people in this, and you kind of get a clearer picture, right? You know, he, he's asking these questions, but say we put in Joe, and he says, I'm not an eye, right? But he's supposed to be an ear, right? Instantly, there's that division, there's that strife, or, hey, I don't have what that person has. I don't have that gift, right? This is part of that bigger picture of trying to keep them unified, but they're operating in the wrong area. And if you're always longing for what someone else has, you're not going to be not only content in what you're using, but you're not going to be good at it, right? Because you're your, your focus is wrong, right? If my focus is, is doing something that God's not called me to do and not gifted me in that area, I'm going to struggle. And I'm going to neglect what God has actually given me one as well. And because God probably knows my heart, he's not going to give me that other gift either because I'm going to misuse that one as well. That's the, the point Paul's trying to make here is, though, use the gift that God's given you. And it, it's not that you're not part of the body, but you're just not working to your capacity. You're not working to your fullest. And the other part of this is we need each other. All the parts work well together. They don't work well if we only have one part really working well and the others are lagging behind, right? You that have had injuries, right? You know this, right? Say so you, you, you stub your toe. Oh, wait a minute. I got someone here I can pick on right here in church, <laughs> right? Jesse, right? You, you, you got an injury, your arm, right? What do you happen to do because you have injuries injury, that, that one arm? How's your left hand? That's right. It's learning to cope. Right? I told him I was going to pick on him yesterday, so he, he knew there wasn't. But, but isn't it true? If one is hurting or one's not to full capacity, you've got to make up for, for it with the other one. Now, is your left hand ever probably going to be as good as your right hand is? No. <laughs> no. Um, and yet, he's going to strive to get his right hand back up. To, but again, it's, it's, an, it's not working well. If we had a bunch, a church with all one-handedness, and it was all our predominantly hand that we use, you know, moving yesterday would have been a much bigger challenge, right? So you that helped Brent and stuff load up truck yesterday, you, you'd understand this. But, so the body needs to work together. The other thing is, too, is if we put too much focus on one part of the body, we become problematic as well. We have this tendency as human beings to overcompensate, right? And we, we overemphasize one area, and we become unbalanced. But when all the parts work together, that's as Christ intended it. He's going to go on here, because there's, there's more to this than just that, but that's, that's kind of the flyover of this. So he's going to keep asking these questions, because, again, put people in these places, the eye, the hand, and you'll see where it becomes problematic in the church because they're not working together, but yet they're all supposed to be. Verse 21, 
says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lack it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. There's a lot in there. Again, it's also recapping the need for all of us working together, but if we look down on someone's giftedness, it's just as wrong as desiring someone else's giftedness. Right? That's what it's saying here. And well, I don't really need that part. I could do without that part of the body. I could do without that, that person's giftedness. Right? So we can become too focused on our own gift that we say, well, it's all about us. Right? It's all about my giftedness. As long as I can do my part, I don't church is long enough. We don't really need that part. This is the most important thing. Now, I've been in churches long enough that I've recognized that when this happens. And it usually comes out in some of those meetings, some of those hard meetings, when we just start discussing budgets, finances, um, looking at different ministries. Here at Pointway, we have a lot of different ministries. Right? We have a worship team, we have the audiovisual, we have the kids' ministry, we have ladies' ministry, men's ministry, life groups. I'm probably forgetting some. The deacons, the buildings, facilities, right? There's a lot of them. We go through that in our elder meetings to get updates on all those things that are going on. But I've been in churches where people have said this and they've felt it, they've meant it, that this is the most important ministry. Missions. Look at that. Left out the one of the ones we just had a missions conference. I already forgot that one. Huh? You can be humble. All right. PJ. Yeah. PJ said we can be humble, but but again, we tend to get over focused or out of balance, and we can say this is the only thing that matters, and neglect all the rest. And that's just as wrong. That's what Paul's saying here. We can be just as wrong in putting too much focus on one area and not paying attention to the other. Because we need all the others. We do. Right? You know? I'll lift up the missions committee, because I left them on the end, PJ. It'll keep me humble. But We had a missions conference last weekend. It was a great example of the body working together. Do you know how many areas were affected by the missions conference last week? Yes, it was all about missions, right? You could say that, that was it. But what else took place last week? Worship. We had music. Sound, right? Audiovisual, hospitality. PJ, don't answer them all. I want them to answer some too, but my wife, she's, she's right on. She knows my, but, huh? What else was going? Yeah, my train of thought. What else was happening last week? Didn't we, we ate, right? Fellowship, right? We had the audiovisual. Kids camp, hey, that's right. Did we forget about them? Was that not important? It was important, right? It was important that we had them and, Something for the little ones. Uh, what else? Where did we meet? Did we meet down by the street corner or did we meet, huh? In church building. Come on, answer. You can answer these. PJ doesn't have all these answers, I know, because she doesn't think like I do all the time. That's, otherwise, we'd be 
be different. But there was a lot of pieces, a building, um, the way the, 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 it looks coming into it, right? The church, oh, that's right. The church was clean last week. Did that, does that happen by accident? No, right? It gets messy sometimes here. I'll just let you know, sometimes there's things left behind, right? There's trash and things. Steve and Miriam, you found a few things to do, right, yesterday, Steve, right? There's, there was a little bit of cleaning to do. Yeah. Uh, and David Paul as well, yeah. Yeah, they had a crew in here yesterday cleaning up after you guys. So, uh, no. But it's the body working together. And none of those pieces are any less important. None of them. They are all play a part in the body and believers of Pointway Church. And how we present, how we glorify God, what we speak to even in our area, in, to our neighbors even. It matters whether we mow the lawn or not. It matters whether we have flowers out front. It matters our sign. It matters on our webpage. Those things do matter. Because not only does it matter to us here in this comfy setting that we have here this morning, but it matters to an outside world that's constantly watching and judging us. I know this may sound like shock, but you are constantly being watched as a believer in Christ. And we all like to say, don't judge us, but guess what? We get judged. Whether you want to or not, you get judged as believers. And so how we do things is important as well. It's part of our testimony. And if we're fighting as a church, fighting when we come, and we'll, like I said, I use finances, and Ralph does a good job of keeping us up to date when we count the money and actually make deposits and all that good stuff. Um, but how we interact with each other, that we don't have infighting, that we actually get along and we can work together and we can pull things together and we can do things as a church with God's help that other organizations or other places can't do. And it's a beautiful thing. And that's what Paul sees as the, the future church here in Corinth and as God intended the church to be. With that being said, as we go on here, and again, he's going to kind of wrap this thought up around, and he's going to shift a little bit from the physical to the spiritual, which is always the intent here. Verse 26, it's not shoehorned in here, but 26 and 7, I have underlined in my Bible, but 26, let's look at that one first. It says, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. We do a pretty good job if someone has a great loss, right? We do a pretty good job of, of coming around someone that's grieving. Initially. I'm going to say it. Initially, we do pretty well at that, right? We rally. But if we're not careful and if we're not really connected, we can kind of move on past that and get to the next set. PJ and I were, in our last church, we were able to, it's a ministry called Grief Share, and it's a whole training on how to help people that are grieving the loss of a, a spouse or a loved one. And um, the training was something that kind of woke me up a little bit, and I, I haven't yet to forget about it. Again, as a church, we usually do a pretty good job initially. But Check yourself a month down the road, six months down the road, a year later. How do you do then? 
How do you do as a church? Do you, are you still suffering with that person? Because guess what? They're still grieving, and maybe even beyond that. And so that ministry was helpful, and again, we may do it here at some point, but you know, when the body is suffering, we need to come alongside them. And not just for the short term, but for the long term. There's a lot of, a lot of things that, that they're walking around, they're not their best. They need help, they need encouragement. They may need something as simple as someone sitting with them in church, right? It's not easy sitting without your spouse if you've been close to them, and now they're no longer there. So that's a simple thing, but again, that, and then you have holidays, and you have anniversaries, right? I mean, to be down, but again, that's what it's talking about. The, the body, if it's working healthy and it's working well together, we suffer with those who are suffering. We take on part of that, and grief is part of that. Now, suffering can be other things as well. It doesn't necessarily have to be a death, but it can just be an illness, a weakness, right? Jesse, I'm sure that you've had some help, right? You've not just had the, the one hand and said, well, oh well, Jesse, suck it up. You've got to just make it do, right? I, I know your, your dad, they've helped you along the way, right? And if you needed help, you hopefully would ask. And, yeah. But it goes that way with the church body helping each other out. Again, there may be some other things that we suffer in. We may be suffering in an area. We may have a struggle, and we need someone to come alongside us, and someone to hold us accountable. There's many different ways of suffering, and we need to be willing to step with that person, walk alongside them, and help them. So that's part of it. That's the downside. Now there's the plus side. It says if one part is honored... Every part rejoices with it. That can be a difficult one, just as difficult as the other side of it, right? You know, we, we all like, to, oh, I want you to do good. I want you to, to go ahead and, and be, be strong, and they get recognized for it, right? If we only talked about the missions committee, they're pretty humble because we put them on the bottom list. I'll use them this morning. But, and that's all we praised was the missions and what a great job the mission's doing. How does that make the people feel that are say, cleaning the church or the, the worship team or the people that prepared food last week, right? Now, we want to rejoice because the mission committee did do a good job, and we, they certainly want to recognize that. And we can all rejoice in that. But a lot of times in our human flesh, we don't always rejoice with those who rejoice. That little bit of seed of jealousy or lack, or pride, creeps in. So I take these as warnings here as part of the body as well. We need to be careful with those as well. But again, we should be able to do this as a body together, keeping that balance. All right, verse 27. Again, another one. It says, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. In the Greek, the, the you is like a triple exclamation point. It's actually exhorted. It's like, this is almost jumps out of the pages, even in the text itself. It was interesting as I was studying this out, but it says, you are the body of Christ. Paul, and each of you is a part of it. I think Paul put that in there, and the Holy Spirit emphasized it because you, as in you all, you individually are all part of the body of Christ. Sometimes we forget that, right? It's not a church of one. 
It's a reminder. The importance of that, how important it is to be part of the greater good here, the, the bigger part of Pointway Church and the church in whole. Next verse is, in the church, God has appointed, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, and workers of miracles, also those having gifts of healing, those able to help others, those with gifts of administration, and those speaking in different kinds of tongues. Paul's not jumping ship here. But he's saying there are positions that are more out front. He's recognizing that, right? And we recognize that as a church body. There are, there are things that are more out front. They get seen more often, right? And so this list, there is a list here, and they're, they're, they're put it in order. And, that, and they're put it in order for a reason, right? And again, the apostles, right? Apostles were the ones that were speaking God's word, bringing the teaching, seeing Jesus, Paul, Peter, the 12 apostles, and others. He puts them up at the top. Then second, prophets. And again, prophets have two, two functions, right? Speaking of truth, but also prophesying of the future, a word from God. And then third, teachers, right? Yes, it's important to have teachers. It's important for us to learn from them, to, to help us. I rely upon a lot of teachers when I'm studying. I don't know the Greek and the Hebrew. I, I, I didn't study those, and so I have to go back and rely upon other teachers that do that. Teachers are important. They help us understand the Scripture, the context, what was going on. Teachers are important. It helps us, brings fullness to God's Word. Workers of miracles, right? There was miracles going on in that church, and for some in the body of Christ, especially back then, they really needed that. If they didn't see something happening, they questioned the authority on which it was given. And so especially the Jews, they liked to see miracles. And again, miracles as in something that only God can do. You know, we, we, I think we even joked yesterday morning about, it's not like, say, oh, it's a miracle that I'm here this morning. Well, that's not the, the context of the right miracle, or it's a miracle the sun came up. No, it's part of God's creation part of the regular working. But miracles is something supernatural that God does in a, a supernatural way. But some people need that. They need that to authenticate. And so that was going on. And that was part of the church, and it was a regular part. Some of them having the gifts of healing, right? We pray for healing. We look for healing. We talk about coming to the elders and asking for anointing for healing. Now, we also recognize here in the Alliance that God heals through different means. He can use doctors, he can use medication, or he can just up and do it because he's God, and that's okay. We don't choose, and there's a lot of scripture that backs that up as well. Jesus didn't do the same type of healing all throughout the Bible. He did it in different ways. Like someone in my devotional was talking about how Jesus spit in the guy's eyes this week, and he thought and think about it, that doesn't make sense, but again, getting off track, but if you want to study that out a little bit more, there were different ways. There's not one method of healing. And again, we, we believe that today as well. Or the gift of healing. Those who are able to help others, right? Servants. Certainly need servants. Servants are a vital part of a church body. Those who are willing to serve. In case you didn't notice, a lot of our announcements are looking in those areas. More servants. 
different areas. But we're not asking everyone to serve in those areas because, again, it may not be their giftness, may not be their desire. There are certain services that we can all do, but there are certain others that require a desire or passion. God's given you some abilities that others don't have, but we need those. And we've used the illustration of just the church functioning, those that are willing to clean, those that are willing to fix things. Uh, all those things are part of service. Guess of administration, right? Keeping things on track, keeping things in order. I mentioned Ralph. Ralph does a great job with our finances. That's a part of administration. We have reports. We do reports. We're part of a denomination. They like to see that. Two weeks ago, I spent three days in business meetings, and that was all administrative work. Again, it helps keep us efficient, helps us keep us accountable. So we need a certain amount of that as well. Don't always like it, but we need it. <laughs> and then lastly, he puts in here, speaking in different kinds of tongues. Now, I'm not going to delve too deep into the speaking of tongues this morning because chapter 14 is going to spend a lot of time in that. But Paul puts that at the end of this list as an identifier. Because really, that was one of the major problems in the church in Corinth, speaking in tongues. They all wanted to speak in tongues. In fact, that, if you had that, you were, quote-unquote, the spiritual ones, if you could speak in tongues. That was the prize. And church got so out of balance that it was causing great division and the over-focus on speaking in tongues. And so Paul kind of puts them in their place, really. This list kind of shows that, but he throws that in at the, the bottom here, but Keep it in its proper perspective. But again, it's still part of the, the body. And then, now Paul does this. I don't do this, but Paul's got seven rhetorical questions here in a row. So listen up. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret, but eagerly, Desire the greater gifts. He throws those out there, right? Remember, he's been talking about the diversity in the church body. There are different gifts in the body to be used as a whole. And he says, if we were all on one side of this, unbalanced, we would be in trouble. That's not what God intended, Right? One of the things I haven't mentioned, and I've been kind of saving it here in my back pocket, but there's also when God, for the, that gift, not only to use it, but to continue to, to use it for the body, right? Kind of goes back to that, the hand getting separated from the, the feet, right? God gives you a gift. It's to be used within the context that you're in. It's be, to be used in the context of encouraging and edifying the church body. And you need to use that gift, but you also need to, to work on that gift, to develop that gift. Yeah, as part of a pastor's group this week, and we talked about that a little bit, about how as pastors, there's an expectation that we, we preach and that we need to continually work on that. There's some giftedness in it, but we need to work on it. We need to, to refine that. Teachers need to do that as well, right? There are certain areas we need to keep learning, expanding, but that applies to, to all the gifts, whether it's in the service role. You, need to, you may have to upgrade your, your thinking. To, you have to do things differently, read instructions. There's different ways to do administration. 
Audiovisual, right? That never changes, right? Technology doesn't change at all, like, does it? No, right? It's the same old, same old, right? Program that worked 10 years ago works today, right? No. Right? You laugh, but that's, isn't it true if we think about it logically? But we don't often do that with our spiritual gifts. We don't spend time working on them, praying and asking for help, seeking guidance, maybe going to look at someone's a little more mature and saying, all right, how can I do this better? Or how can I grow in this area? Maybe what's my weak spot in this area? Where do I need to get rounded out better? And so that's all part of this, working in the church body together. Last sentence. I'm going to wrap it up here. But it's a teaser. I'm just going to let you know. It's a teaser for next week. And it says, and now I will show you the most excellent way. Right? So he's laid all this out, and, and we've talked about it, but we haven't really said, how does that really work? How does that work? Missing. Yeah, we can wait. How does that work the best? There's something that's not quite, it's not missing. Yeah, we can say it, but it's not quite there yet. And guess what? You're going to have to come back next week. No, they can't read ahead, PJ. <laughs> then they'll know what I'm going to say. No. You're always, please do read ahead. Uh, I tried to do that. Some of you asked for that, and I appreciate that when you do ask for that. But yeah, read ahead. But there is a key ingredient to making that happen. It doesn't happen naturally. It doesn't even happen in our own strength. There is something else that's needed to make that all come together. And so Paul in Corinthians chapter 13 is going to get into that a little bit. So, All right, we've covered a lot this morning, and I appreciate your attentiveness and Again, I just want to leave you with a couple of thoughts as we, we close here this morning. Unity is the goal, but not unity without diversity, right? So we can have different opinions, we can have different views, we can have different gifts, we can still be united. God uses our differences together. And we're not, gonna, we're not quite there yet, but the end of the chapter, the end of this, Paul's looking for maturity. Remember, the Corinth church was immature. Paul's trying to bring this church along to get to maturity. And part of that is the unity, the diversity, maturity. It's going to equal a healthy church. So, as I like to do, I'm going to leave you with a couple of questions. And then these are questions you can think about, you need to pray about, you need to let God do that work uh, if you need to make some changes. Number one, are you using your gift? Are you using your gift? Two, I'm going to speak for the elders here and myself as well, but how can we help you use your gift? Right? Elders, we're not, we're, not in, we're not infallible. We don't always know each person's giftedness, but how can we help you? If you, you know you have a gift from God, how can we help you with that? Is it more training? Is it more teaching? Do you need us to, to do something differently? Do we need to give you an opportunity to use that gift? If we don't know, we can't help you. So that's, that's a real question. That's, not, that's something that we really want to know. How can we help you use your gift? And lastly is remember, every gift is important. We value all the parts. Bow with me, please. 
Gracious Heavenly Father, I, I do together and I point away church family, Lord, and just the blessing of it is to, to come and to worship together and to, to look at your word. Lord, I thank you for each person that's here as you have drawn them here today. Lord, continue to help us to grow in maturity. And yes, Lord, we thank you for the diversity that you've brought together with us. Lord, continue to do your work in our lives. Continue to help us to reach those that are lost outside these walls. Continue to do your work. In Jesus' name, amen. Can I have one moment? Yeah. Pringles family, would you come up here, please? We are losing a part of our church body. And... Uh, you know, it's, it's, been a, it's been a gap, and we've known it's been coming. Um, we have been thankful and honored to have the Pringles here, and they've been a huge part of our, our church body. And uh, Huh? Right here is good. I, yeah, you can have fun. You, you have to look at them. They're, they're not that bad to look at. They're really they're pretty good. Uh, Everett's already moved as well, and so he's not here uh, this morning. But we were talking. Um, we think you've done almost every part of, or at least had a piece in almost every ministry here. Missions, music, serving. Yeah, is there anything you haven't done? Maybe it would be easier to do that than, no. You haven't cleaned? It's still up, no, it's not. <laughs> I think there's a couple of slots that are open on the sign-up sheet, no. But this is a family who's done well, and uh, we are sad in many ways to see you leave, but we're also blessed, and we want to send you with blessings because you're going to be a, an asset to wherever you go next. And so uh, they've done a great job here at our church body. And so I'm going to ask the elders to come up, and we're just going to pray over you because um, we want to send you out with blessings. And uh, you leave us some holes, but uh, we are thankful uh, for our time with you and, and all the, the things that you've brought as a family to us. So. Pray as you feel led, and then I'll close it. Father, we thank you for the Pringles family. We thank you for as a, as a whole and to each of us as individuals. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for our time and the many years of service and sacrifice and around us, alongside that this family has done here at Pointway, and their finger touches are all around us. Lord, we send them off with blessings. 
and we are so thankful for them. And uh, Lord, we ask that you would protect them, that you would give them the strength that they need, give them the supply of their needs, and give them blessings, Lord, on their new home and on their new job and career and uh, all the changes that are coming about, Lord, that you would just uh, work in and through them, continue to use them. Lord, be with us here at Pointway as we, um, we miss them and we will uh, grieve the loss of them being here, but we are connected, Lord, and we have that eternal hope, Lord, that we spend eternity together with them, and we just thank you again for them and the, the blessings that they've been. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, whoops, huh? What? A gift. A gift to the women anyway, so. <laughs>